the way that highly sensitive people experience hypnotherapy is quite similar to how we experience everything. We very intensely experience this, especially many of us who are empath or intuitives or visionary. We have a very easy entry point into this world that is beyond the veil. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast, where we explore the unique challenges and opportunities that comes with being a sensitive changemaker in today's world. I'm your host, Frida Kalbo, and I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand and now live in the beautiful bush with my husband and two kids, homeschooling and creating a life and business that works for me with the help of my sensitivity and support others to do the same. I'm excited to share conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow sensitive people who also see the world through the lens of sensitivity. Thank you so much for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Let's get started. Dr. Katie T. Larson is a growth coach and hypnotherapist who works with highly sensitive people and empaths. She has helped initiate lifelong growth in thousands of individuals for over 20 years and is well known for creating quests, inner journeys that offer opportunities to explore your life from deeper perspectives, bring more purpose, meaning and joy. Prior to coaching and hypnotherapy, Dr. Larson has worked worldwide for over a decade as a scientist, educator and consultant. Her PhD in leadership and change focused on transformative learning, which she weaves into all her work at GrowQuest. Katie is also an acclaimed performance storyteller, published author of a best-selling children's book, TEDx speaker and workshop facilitator. When she's not helping GrowQuest clients, Dr. Larson can be found chasing her two kids to clean up their endless mess. Beautiful. (laughs) Welcome, Katie. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to have you here. So tell us a bit more about your journey and how you come to do what you do. Yeah, I love the end of my intro. I'm chasing my toddlers endlessly to clean up their mess. Because as all working mothers know, sometimes you wear many hats. But yes, that is my official introduction. But I've come a long way. I think I have a really non-traditional history. I actually used to be a science teacher, a high school science teacher. And so my first career was actually at the high school that I graduated from. So I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois in the United States, and I was a lover of nature. And so nature is what brought me to science. So like many highly sensitive people, I was really connected to animals and trees and things And I fell in love with biology and I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian, but I quickly learned that you don't just cuddle sick animals. You actually need to (laughs) take care of them and really understand many things about the body and, and deal with things that are not always good feeling. And so I quickly just switched into the, the role of biology and, and I became a biology teacher and a physics and chemistry teacher. And it was throughout those years that I also, in the summer times, because Americans have the summers off, I would be traveling in, around the world. I would be teaching English. I would be working as a scientist in field biology settings. And I always knew that I was meant to live outside of the United States. It was just a sensation or a feeling or maybe even like a pulling from the future for me. 
And so around 2010, my husband and I sold all of our belongings and we moved to Spain. And while we were in Spain, I had a little bit of a, a rebirth, completely stopped teaching and I became a chef, <laughs> as you do, where I kind of needed to rediscover who I was and what enjoyments I had. And I really loved cooking. So I had a small business, like a cooking and catering business. And from there, I uh, continued to travel the world. We lived in South Africa and Singapore and Cambodia as a consultant. So I was taking my background with education and working for NGOs. And it was throughout that process that I was uh, doing a PhD. And I thought that when I went into my PhD program that I would uh, focus on the aspect of it that was leadership in the title leadership and change because I was a natural born leader. I had many leadership positions. I enjoyed doing leadership. And then once I had so many different jobs and I was reinventing myself with each country and each career that I was taking on, I was like much more attracted to the change aspect of the diploma. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to focus on change because I've just changed everything about my life so many times. I can't keep up with my own self of who am I? And that's when I discovered uh, the theory of transformative learning. And that is what my focus on my PhD research was. And that is when I realized um, there was such rich understanding and academia on all of the ways that we learn and change our perspectives as we grow and mature. But not a lot of that information is getting out to the general public in digestible ways. So that is why I became a coach to take what I had learned in academia and in my research and my studies. And it was quite a multidisciplinary research. So I knew everything from mythology to neurobiology and just everything in between. So I was able to create some inner quests, some inner growth journeys for my clients. And so for the last seven years, I've been a coach, but recently I have shifted into hypnotherapy because I have found that a lot more exploration can be done in the trance state. And in the trance state, we're so much more open to healing and understanding our, our purposes and the meaning of our life thus far and the origin of pain and frustration and things. So I am still a coach who works primarily with highly sensitive people, empaths and intuitives, but I'm also a hypnotherapist. And so it was kind of a wonky road to get here, but that is, that is my non-traditional journey to where I'm at. Mm, love that. And for someone who who don't know, how would you describe the difference between coaching and hypnotherapy? Coaching can be quite similar to counseling and therapy in that it's a conversationally uh, based method. And when I work with my clients who are highly sensitive, often the coaching stems around some challenges that we have as highly sensitive people. And so it's more conversational. But hypnotherapy is trance-based. And so what that is, is you're going into a really deep, relaxed state. And in that state, you're actually in a completely different brainwave state. You're able to access parts of you that have multiple names and multiple cultures and different ideas. So, you know, your higher self, your soul, 
your unconscious, your subconscious, but you're reaching a state of yourself that is able to answer a lot of questions and explore a lot of things about yourself holistically that you are able then to heal and not only heal, but gain direction, gain insight and gain validation for your experiences and and questions you may have about yourself. Mm, Perfect. Yeah, such powerful tools in different ways, both of them. Love it. Because you talked about hypnotherapy being especially effective for highly sensitive. Uh, Tell us a bit more about that. One thing really cool about highly sensitive people and the way that I was even introduced to the term highly sensitive. So I hadn't heard about it until about 2019 or 2020. So like most adults, I had gone my entire life as a highly sensitive person, not even knowing the term in a certification training for coaching for spiritual emergence. And so these are those of us who are having what feels like a spiritual awakening and we need support in that. And so that was what my training was in. And I was in a module that said highly sensitive people tend to have more peak experiences than others. And I'm quite well-versed in peak experiences because that's part of transformative learning. When we have an experience that is, you know, really outstanding and remarkable and it changes our life forever. And how do we deal with that? That's a peak experience. And so when I went into the little click hole that we all do sometimes, you're like, highly sensitive, click. What is this? Who's the Dr. Elaine Aaron? Click. What's this quiz? Click. And you go down this route and I realized, wow, this explains everything. This explains so many disjointed aspects of who I was as a person. And the way that highly sensitive people experience hypnotherapy is quite similar to how we experience everything. We very intensely experience this, especially many of us who are empath or intuitives or visionary. We have a very easy entry point into this world that is beyond the veil. And the trance state is an entry point into that. For many highly sensitive people, we kind of accidentally go in and out of it during the day and daydreams or just even, you know, meditation. And so highly sensitive people can have a very successful rate of hypnosis, but it's also very interesting what we find out about ourselves and why we are sensitive when we go to the level of higher self conversations of why did I choose to be highly sensitive in this life? And I can continue going down that direction if you'd like me to, but I've I'll pause for a moment just in case you follow up. Yeah, I love that. And it's so interesting what you say. We get access to a totally different part of us. So yeah, please tell us more. A lot of the work that I do. So I do all types of hypnotherapy, which is hypnotherapy is a dialogue instead of just suggestive hypnosis. So many people recognize hypnosis from maybe like film or, you know, even cartoons when we were a kid of you're getting sleepy, you're going to walk like a chicken, you know, these types of things. So that's suggestive hypnosis. And that's not what I do. What I do is hypnotherapy, which is you're brought into a relaxed state and you are guided into a journey, but you're narrating the whole thing. So you're experiencing it viscerally, either visually, audio, or you're feeling it, sensing it, but you're sharing your experience, audio, like you're recording it. So you're narrating it. And what I focus on, because I had a very life-changing experience about 15 years ago, is I work in past life regression. 
and life between lives sessions. I also do a lot of other kinds of things, but those are my specialties because I love them so much. When we do this work, we often find we've chosen our life. We've chosen our life. And not only have we chosen our life, but we've chosen our purposes in this life and how we want to engage with those purposes, what kind of roles we want in order to do those purposes. And so when we are going, especially in a session called a life between lives session, you're going into the higher self and you're understanding really the meaning of this life and what you're supposed to achieve and what you're meant to work on and who you're supposed to work on it with and why those certain people are really annoying to you and why those other people are very attractive to you. And we learn all about these things. And when we go forward, it gives a lot of clarity and validation to clients. And I myself have experienced these things and it has for me as well. Yeah, that's so interesting because past life, you understand what that is, but life between lives, as you talk about it, I guess it's what did I decide to do here? Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. What did I, it's almost like we've authored our lives and, you know, like sometimes we laugh at ourselves that like there was a version of us, a higher self version of us that thought it was a good idea to give you a villain when you were 20 years old, or it was a good idea to make your life really difficult for the last two years, because in the next two years, you're going to have da, 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 da. So it's, it gives us a different perspective And again, whether you use that as a metaphor or you use it as truth, it doesn't really matter. It is Mm -hmm. a guiding way of looking at the world and your life that seems to help a lot of people, myself included. Mm, Love that. Hypnotherapy sounds like a way to kind of bypass our brain a bit as well, because I know a lot of highly sensitive people have a really active and brilliant brain. But I also listened to your TEDx talk and you talked about mm. the brain and the heart. Yeah. And can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. And I think, gosh, we have such an active multi, like sometimes I feel, think of it as like a computer. We have all those tabs open in our brain and we can connect the dots and have a very novel understanding of the way things are connected. And that is our brilliance of our brain. But like you said, it also loves puzzles and wants to analyze and put things together. And it's like, give me something to play with constantly. So you're absolutely correct. I have found that people that can't slow down their brain really benefit from the trance state because it's more of a like feeling, experiential, trusting, almost metaphorical, symbolic experience. And maybe the first time that can be difficult for someone who loves that chatter. But once you get into that state and you get used to it, It's a really easy way to explore that isn't, you know, meditating for one hour for every day for the rest of your life. It can be, you know, a two to three hour experience and you're going to get things that will change your life forever just in that chunk of time. So the heart and the mind is from the, the TEDx talk that I did and like a cute little mantra from that, that TEDx talk is why it's important to trust the must because our head speaks to us in shoulds. And our heart speaks to us in musts. And the one we really need to listen to is the must because it doesn't always make sense, but it's very strong way of guiding us through our life by almost making it not an option to listen or not. Like sometimes it's so strong. We just know like, I don't know why, but I have to move here. I just have to. 
And your brain can't even rationalize it sometimes, but it is the heart that is speaking and must. And what I really encourage my clients and, and just anyone in general is discerning through which messages are you receiving that are coming from your heart and which are coming from your head. And there's a big difference. And usually it is the start of the sentence. Like, oh, you know, I really should do this. I should really do that. I know I shouldn't do this, but I should do this. And it's like, that is your head. And your head can convince you of anything. But when you have a real strong drive to do something, a pull, not necessarily like you're running away from something, but like you're running towards it, it's usually your heart that's pulling you, um, your future, your destiny. And that's important to listen to. Mm. Yeah. There's so many things I want to ask you now. I, I guess it's my head that's like, oh, oh, this, this, this. So moving to my heart. <laughs> if someone wants to explore their purpose or listen more to their hearts, where do you recommend them to start? I feel like there's an alignment problem that most clients come to me with. And alignment issue is many of us have aligned ourselves towards the things that we thought we ought to or we should, especially in business, but mostly in our personal lives, right? We think, well, this is what the average fill in the blank here should do. So I should do that. But really it starts in our bodies of if we can practice discerning between something really simple, like very mundane, banal decisions, chocolate or vanilla, you know, do I want to do my laundry or do I want to do the dishes? And just feeling it in our bodies, we start to practice this very essential skill with boring things. But once we can trust that bodily sensation of that feeling of yes, then we can start to move that into more complex questions. And they do get more complex the more serious they are. But our body won't lie. If it feels repulsed, or if it feels worried or anxious or a sensation in your chest or you know somatically tight in your stomach, that's the message there that usually is not the direction that you need to go. And being able to discern between a knot in your stomach and an anxiety of excitement is really important. So learning the difference between your bodily cues between yes and no is essential to be able to align yourself towards the direction of things that are a yes, but can still be a little bit anxiety giving versus a hard no. And so that's something that I work on a lot, especially with my highly sensitive clients, because we actually can feel it. It's just a matter of discerning and communicating it that a lot of us are, are practicing. Mm, love that. So important to to learn to listen to our bodies because it can be something that we have unlearned when we were little and Definitely. just listen to everyone else and seeing what everyone else wants and needs and forgetting about ourselves. Mm. I know I felt like that, especially now that I'm a mother, mm. I recognize how quick and easy it is to discount my own child's intuition when I'm in a hurry you know? And so it's like, I understand where that conditioning comes from, especially from someone that doesn't understand intuition. So would talk you out of it, right? You know, a lot of us had parents that didn't understand intuition and didn't understand these, these urges that are within us. 
But I find, especially if you're a parent now and you're understanding it in yourself, we're kind of breaking that in the next generation and we're really validating, no, your your intuition is correct and your your lack of uh, attraction to this this scenario that could be dangerous is really helpful. So really, you know, encouraging our kids to go in that direction. Mm, love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really creating that new new reality when intuition is is a big part of, of our lives from yeah. a very young age. That's amazing. You've done a lot of changes in your life. Yes. And, <laughs> and I see that that is something that highly sensitive struggles with. Where do you recommend someone to start if they want to create change, but not really sure? One thing that I, I love, another mantra that I like is stop changing, start growing. So mm. the name of my business is Growth Quest for a reason, because I think that sometimes when we focus so much on the term change, it's so loaded with like, what I'm doing now is not good enough. What I am now is bad. I need to change into good. And that's just like a language thing that's really like stuck with me, like a little pebble in my shoe. It really drives me crazy because I know really on this earth, we're meant to grow and grow is cyclical, right? Like we're not always linear in our growth. We are very cyclical, especially as women. And so to know that your growth is going to take weird shapes and that growth is going to look different from year to year. And that your growth might not always have the same pattern to it in the sense like maybe when you say, I want to change my life. Okay, well, what would you want to grow into that you feel deficient in, for lack of a better word? Oh, I I want to have more pleasure in my life. Okay, so how can we grow a life that looks like that? Thinking of uh, ideas on how to like manipulate the variables in your life so that you can create something that feels right. And then you're creating like opportunities for growth for yourself versus just trying to change it outright. I know that's kind of abstract, but I guess what I mean is if you're about to undergo a change in your life, recognizing what variables that you need to stay sane, (laughs) that's like the, the bare minimum is just to stay sane, right? But then to stay connected and grounded and rooted within yourself, because when the world is like flying around all around you, what do you have that can be your guiding principles or just enjoyment factors? Like personally, I have found like I need to be able to have access to swimming, like a pool swimming, like moving my body, but it usually has to be in water or I have to have access to nature. And so no matter what I'm going to do, is if I have access to those two things, bare minimum, I can stay sane. But then what else would be, you know, an ingredient that would help me thrive or really have a pleasurable change, no matter what's going on, and just adding these little things into my life. So no matter what kind of big change I have, I have easy access to those things that I can have almost like regulate my nervous system and regulate grounding energies into my life. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so important with grounding. And I, I love the reframing from change to growth because it's so, right. so different entities to those two words. 
Yeah, because um, sometimes we might not feel like we actually changed all the time, but we can see a little bit of incremental growth. Mm. And that sometimes that's all we can expect. It's not always 180 degrees. It's sometimes incremental. But that's exactly what we need. And then sometimes it's like, you know, overnight poof, growth. And so we just have to be aware that growth patterns look different. Mm. They all yeah. are different. Yeah, it's like looking at the kids growing. <laughs> Sometimes it almost feels like they've grown overnight. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 Talk about reframing. This podcast is called Sensitive Success. So how do you use sensitivity as your superpower? I have a couple. And I think for time's sake, the one I'll focus on the most that aligns with the conversation is I tend to have a really superpower that I can discern between what someone's saying and what they really mean and how they really feel. And I think that that was the biggest challenge I had growing up because as an adult now, I realized, man, we lie to each other a lot. (laughs) We are always lying to each other. Like we lie to ourselves. You know, I remember like asking, you know, how are you doing to like family members? And they'd be like, fine. And it's like, you just know they're not, you know? So what was very confusing and a challenge for the majority of my life I have grown into recognizing what I'm picking up on both intuitively and empathically and what someone is saying and the disconnect. And that allows me to do my job well, because I can ask the questions that need to be addressed to really get to the heart of, okay, is it that or is it this? And then when they say, oh my God, how did you know it was this? Or even in the journey of when someone's in trance of like, they thought they were going in for weight loss, but really when we go in, it is a, a trauma or, or something that needs to be healed. That is the origin of it. So it's like learning how to read between the lines is my superpower. And it was what probably caused me the most struggles as a young person. So I feel really grateful that as an adult, I can use that now primarily to help me be successful in my job. Love that. And that segues us into the next question. What does success mean to you? Alignment. Like I will say that I have the privilege of being the second income provider of the family so that I can really play with my craft without the pressure of having to provide. And so for those that are the first income provider, this will still apply to you, but you may feel more pressure to bring in money. But because I have the luxury to really perfect my craft, to be in alignment with who I am and what my purpose is, the money is secondary for me. And so when I feel like I'm in alignment, the money comes. But when I'm out of alignment, the clients and the money are not coming. So I recognize being aligned with, even if it feels strange, what my gift is, you know, like this, my job is weird. Past life regressions are weird for many people, but I knew I needed to do that. It was my heart that says, you got to do this. And once I really put my energy in alignment towards that goal, I have a wait list because that is authentically what I'm meant to be doing right now. So I think for me, the success for anyone is truly listening to what your gifts are and what you're called to do. And then aligning yourself to that direction so that you can attract the people who are meant to find you. Mm, Love that. Yes. 
So if someone wants to find out more about your work and find you, where where can they go? Sure, you can find me on, on the web or on Instagram. My website is growthquests.com. And my Instagram handle is at Dr. Katie Growth Quests. And yeah, I, I love meeting clients from all over the world. I see people online and in person. Yes, I, I just, I love what I do. And I love being highly sensitive and I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been a journey, obviously, right? We have our challenges, but I have leaned into my superpowers by way of really doubling down on the pleasurable aspects of sensitivity. And I like making sure that my clients know that they can do that too. I love that. Such an important work. And there's so much more that we can talk about, but is there <laughs> anything else you would like to add? No. I think that you covered it. I'm happy to engage with anybody who resonates with my story or anything I've mentioned along the way. And I hope to attract the people that are, are meant to feel called to my work. Perfect. Thank you so much for, for doing the work that you do in the world and for sharing the wisdom with us here. I'm really, really happy to have you as our guest here today. And thank, thank you, you for creating this space for us to come on. This is wonderful met. I'm glad we both were able to connect. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sensitive Success. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone who could benefit from this message. And come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Cabo. And remember, sensitivity is neither good or bad. It's what we make of it. Embrace your sensitivity and use it to create sensitive success your way.